0: It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's a a sports sports rush rush with with Brett Rump.
1: Rump. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Clark, eleven-yard touchdown. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The
0: most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible. An over-the-voice well you're half right what is this amateur and this is gonna be huge i believe this is gonna be our fine hour. just when i think you said the stupidest thing ever you keep talking i think that's the worst thing i've ever heard. that boy ain't right the simplest way to put it i have problems welcome to the alleged show y'all ready for this thank god it's ah!
2: Yes, that's it. We're taking you into the weekend here on the Sports Rush, your local daily sports fix from 4 to 6 here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Got a big weekend in basketball. We got Homestead at Norwell tonight, right here on 1380 The Fan. As all, also tomorrow night down at Mackey Arena, the rematch between the Purdue Boilermakers and the Indiana Hoosiers. That game will also be right here on 1380 The Fan. Fan Adam Lundy's in the producer's chair. I'm the coach Shannon Griffith in for Brent Rump, who's with the Purdue Fort Wayne Mastodons traveling to Green Bay, where the Mastodons will take on the Phoenix tomorrow to wrap up their season and turn their focus to the Horizon League tourney next week. And I would imagine tomorrow that tip for uh, Purdue Fort Wayne Green Bay is 4:45. Tomorrow afternoon and the Purdue game is at seven thirty. Big weekend this week, Adam. We've got a lot of basketball going on. We're getting that push towards uh the March madness of, of things and the conference tourneys heading you know starting up as well as the sectionals starting next Tuesday around the area. But the Mastodons last night lost to Milwaukee. The Panthers won ninety-six to ninety-four. After the Mastodons had a six-point lead at the end of the first half, Jared Goffrey had 21.6 rebounds for the young man. Pretty good night there on the court. Billups had 18 in the back-and-forth game, but for Milwaukee, B.J. Freeman had a triple-double last night for the only fifth time in school history. That's a pretty, that's a pretty impressive night for a young man out there on the court um, you know, I I feel for Purdue Fort Wayne this year. They've lost some really close ball games. Um, where where in some respects they had some games in hand. Well, I should say, trending in the right direction, Adam. But for whatever reason, sometimes in the second half they come up a little bit short.
3: Yeah, I think last night they really they 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 did their best. I mean, I I think Coach Kaufman said that. It was uh, in a really good college basketball game. Mm-hmm. They just made one more play yep. than Purdue-Fort Wayne did. And uh, you could honestly argue that. that was It came down to one possession, one play. And, uh, yeah. Uh,
2: well, kind of like the Wright State game. Where, absolutely. Where Purdue-Fort Wayne ended up hitting a, basically a half-court shot as time ran out to win that game against Wright State. So, you know, the Horizon League tourney is going to be uh, a really good tourney. From the standpoint, there are a lot of teams that are pretty identical in record. And um it wouldn't be you know, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those teams, even Purdue Fort Wayne, uh sneaking up and making their well making their way down to Indianapolis for uh the Friday and weekend uh championship games. But first and foremost they've got to take care of themselves tomorrow night up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where it's probably a little cold and a little bit of snow, and then head up, get safe travels back to find out what is all transpiring with the tourney, because I still think they're awaiting for some of these games to shuffle out to see where uh, teams will be playing. I'm pretty self-assured, I think, that the Mastodons will be on the road. Was there anything last night mentioned to that effect? I didn't catch that latter part of the game. Okay. But uh, anytime we'll, you know, keep you abreast of that. The Comets are in Savannah, Georgia, to take on the Ghost Pirates tonight on 1190 WO. Ben Boudreau is kindly going to come up here shortly to talk with us about uh, that two-game set.
3: Gotta look out for those Ghost Pirates.
2: I know. I love the name. And I, I tell you what, if you've seen their, if you've seen their uh, uniforms, they've actually got some really nice uniforms. And the new building that they're playing in down there in Savannah is a nice little barn, about five or 6,000 seats. Uh, and they've done a pretty good job on attendance with them being, uh, I think, at the bottom for the most part. But when the Comets played them to open the season, the Ghost Pirates took two away from the Comets. Uh, now, totally different teams right now for both both clubs. And, you know, just a side note, Savannah is now the... East Coast affiliate of the Henderson Silver Knights and and uh, a team that the Comets were affiliated with. And I think Lyndon McCollum and Corcoran, who played up here last year, are down with the Ghost Pirates. But we'll get Coach Boudreaux's thoughts not only on that game, but the game uh, previously, the 3-1 loss in South Carolina a uh, pretty tall task here, you know. They've got two in Savannah tonight, head to Atlanta to, for a Sunday matchup, and then head home. So it's a lot of hockey in a short period of time. With only 24 games left in the season, uh, you could say that a sense of urgency is probably in the mindset of the Comets, and we'll get that inside here in a little bit better. Hey, Major League Baseball, I talked about yesterday about the the, the pitchers and catchers. Well, not only is that, but the season. The spring season's games are tonight as the Texas Rangers play the Kansas City Royals at 3.05 this afternoon. So that game is going on as well as Seattle and San Diego are playing. So, uh, you know, we're getting ready to go here with Major League Baseball as well. I believe the season opens April 6th, 7th, somewhere around there. Uh, did you hear do you see some of these new rules that they've got in place for this year?
3: Opening day, March thirtieth March thirtieth okay. and uh yeah, I know they have the bigger bases. I bigger know we're bases. I know we're looking at the pitch clock. I know we're looking at the new bulk rule, I believe yeah. as well. um but the new shift rule, yeah, new shift and i'm I'm actually happy about that one. I've never been a big uh, fan of the shift
2: i i I was reading an article today on that and and just for those that may not understand it, a lot of teams, in today's baseball, have scouted have scout these teams that they're playing pretty much regularly, and they have a dossier on every hitter in a lineup, and they will shift their infield to one side or the other depending on who's at bat. So they may sh- make a shift that has the second baseman actually kind of over by uh, behind second base or almost cheating towards the shortstop And the first baseman really cheated off the line or the opposite of that. So now they've really set the rule to the point now where it's going to get back to hopefully being positionally where you would normally think they would be in terms of their position, you know, uh, uh, from that standpoint. Because they were talking about the batting averages were like at a 30-year low last year in the major leagues. I think 243 was the average batting average of of the league last year, lowest since '68. I didn't reckon. I mean, they they say that to this point, to that the shift as being a reason for it, or is it the better pitching? Because I think the pitching has actually gotten a lot better as well.
3: I think it's both, and then there's also something to be looked at at the uh, what people talk about the uh, dead end baseballs. Oh yeah, that's also a factor. So you I mean,
2: cork bats.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Used to have a or pine tar. Pine tar, yeah, exactly. Well, you can still have a little bit of pine tar on the bat, it, but uh, you know, it's just I think it's a combination of pitchers are constantly getting better. And, uh, yeah, the shift, it, it was really disappointing. I mean, I, I can think of countless baseball games I've gone to where I've, I've watched a batter, uh, you know, get solid contact. And you're like, oh, yeah. that's going into the yeah. going into the outfield. And then the guy's just right there. Right. This, oh, never mind.
2: That's disappointing. Well, you're I mean, you're right, because it is a very obvious thing. But it just goes back to how analytics has really stepped into the sporting world. Um, Not just Major League Baseball, but basketball and football as well. Um, I mean, there are teams hiring guys as game management personnel. uh, And these people are basically in charge for all the analytics that would go on in a Major League Baseball season. On the pitch count, what has happened now is pitchers have 15 seconds to throw a pitch as long as the bases are empty. 20 seconds if a runner is on base. And um, the batter has to be in the batter's box with no less than eight seconds on the pitch clock. So that's going to be an interesting uh, thing for, for, to see how they officiate that and call those type of things as we progress with that in the Major League Baseball season. But, you know, spring ball is in the air and, uh, and balls are flying actually this afternoon as we speak and so, if you catch some of these spring games, it'll be interesting to see some of these new rule changes being applied to games. You know, one name that uh, last year kind of got thrown out of the uh, out was uh, San Diego Padres shortstop Fernando Titas Jr. You know, suspended Tatis, Tatis uh, suspended for 80 games last season. That suspension will end on April 20th. Now he's allowed to participate in spring training. And he could have a rehab assignment as early as April 6 in the minor leagues. Now, I wish we had Mike Nutter on from the 10 caps to maybe break some news. But would there be a possibility that he could come all the way down to Fort Wayne and come here for a rehab assignment? Uh, Can I wish? You
3: can wish. Okay. I mean, it's not it's not a high possibility. I know we had Blake Snell here last season, yep. but the only reason we had him here is because the Major League team was in Cincinnati at the time uh, for a couple games with yeah, the was Reds. The
2: clo- closer,
3: and so they were able yeah. to get Blake up here to Fort Wayne. But, you know, it's uh, wishful thinking, certainly. I would love to see Tatis back in uh, Fort Wayne in the old Tin Caps digs, uh, getting a rehab start here with us. But, uh, you know, wishful thinking.
2: I know. I know. He's such a phenomenal talent. Yeah, and he, I was,
3: mean, he was a really great kid, too, when he was here with well, us.
2: Well, look, here's the thing. He got messed up doing something he shouldn't have been doing. Part of it was because, I mean, in his eyes, he needed to get bigger and stronger. And the fact that he had injuries. You know, he's had his shoulder. I think it was his shoulder operated on and had a hand problem. But he did something that is a no-no in Major League Baseball, taking performance uh, uh drugs and... Major League Baseball came down on him hard last year. And that was kind of right after they had that situation where that pitcher had died in his hotel room. And that was through an illegal substance as well. But um, this this kid has got to be playing because he brings so much to the to the to the game and his abilities, as you said. I mean, he is a freak of nature in some respects on just his defensive abilities as well as his hitting abilities. So I'm anxious, and hopefully he'll get down to us here in the Fort Wayne because <laughs> he did get his start here. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of one of the neat things about being a lower A or that higher A uh, baseball affiliate—you do get a chance at times to have major leaguers come down or start off here before they move up the trail. But anyway, uh, hopefully he will be on the right path this year, and San Diego will be able to use his talents. Um, as he earns his, you know, earns his way back. I'm not. Sure, I don't think there's going to be anything given. I think he still has to prove himself and those type of things. But he's a talented kid, and um, I'm I'm happy that you know this year he'll get a shot with it. But I will hope and pray for that in the near future. But you know, as for the rest of today, how about some sports headlines? <laughs>
3: All right, today's top sports headlines for you, Shannon. Miles Turner last night in a loss against the Celtics became just the 10th player and the first center in NBA history to record 40-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, and make eight or more threes in a game. He joins other players such as Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, Kyrie Irving, Ray Allen, and James Harden on that list. So very good game last night. Unfortunately, it did come in a loss for Miles Turner and the Pacers. The Atlanta Hawks and Quinn Snyder are progressing in talks on a deal to make him the franchise's next head coach, and a resolution could be reached within days here, Source has told uh, media today. Since firing coach Nate Millen on Tuesday, the Hawks have made Snyder, the former head coach of the Utah Jazz, the full focus of their coaching search. One more story for you here, Shannon. Russell Wilson pushed to have Seahawks coach Pete Carroll fired as well as the Seattle Seahawks GM before his departure from the team. This is according to a report that came out today from The Athletic. Uh, Russell Wilson was quick to tonight on Twitter. He tweeted Friday morning that Pete Carroll, quote, Was a father figure to me. I never wanted them fired. All any of us wanted was to win. That's what Wilson wrote. Quote, I'll always have respect for them and love for Seattle.
2: Well, you know, he kind of came out in a definitive way and denounced that thought process. So I guess it's out there to determine whether you believe the athletic reporting or you take Wilson's denial on that. But you know, that's kind of water under the bridge, so to speak. Yeah,
3: I mean, they're both on different teams yeah. now. It's it's a little late for that report.
2: <laughs> well, and you talked, Miles Turner had himself a game last night. Oh, yeah. And we're going to have Jeremiah Johnson join us from the the pregame pacer show, postgame, and the sideline reporter. I'm sure he'll in, indulge us on that night as well. Don't forget, the Parkview, Spedis, Parkview Sports Medicine <laughs> text line is available, 46862. Let's ask him this. Do you like the new shift rule? Do you like it as a yes to to the game or no, keep it the way it is because that is part of the game and analytics are a big part of it?
3: There you go, 46862. Do you like the shift rule being gone or not?
2: I got to get that one in there because that, I think, was the biggest change coming this year. And Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. Hey, it's the it's coming into the spring. Did, I don't know if you knew this of me before you sent it to break. I've been a licensed real estate broker for about the last four years. Yeah. So if anybody out there is looking to buy, sell, or build, <laughs> I'm an unemployed guy. I've got to get something. Mama get, needs, your, get your promo out. Mama needs a brand new pair of shoes. Hey, go to letgriffsellit.com. All my information's there. Give me a call. I can help you out. I guarantee it. But right now, we're going to step aside. We'll come back and talk to Dylan Sin from the Journal-Gazette to set up the IU-Purdue Boilermakers matchup this Saturday night from Mackey Arena right after this on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Big game on Saturday as the Indiana Hoosiers travel to West Lafayette to take on the Purdue Boilermakers at Mackey Arena. Rematch of Trace Jackson Davis and Zach Eady, the big man inside those two in their first contest that IU won 79 to 74 was a nice game to watch as a spectator, as those two guys were playing at a level that uh, was above everybody else on the floor that afternoon. But to get some more thoughts on this rematch, joining us now on the guest hotline. From the Journal Gazette, Mr. Dillinson. Dylan, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Shannon.
2: Well, we were just talking in break. I usually come here and it's rainy, storming, snowing, wind blowing, or whatever. And today I brought in this beautiful weather that we're having this afternoon. And I just hope things in the world are going okay because I normally don't show up on at the studio with not this nice of weather, but as it's expected, we've got that big game coming up here tomorrow, and I know that you will be covering it. Now, are you going to go down to that game?
1: I am. I will be in West Lafayette for that game.
2: That is going to be a great atmosphere uh, tomorrow night. What what do you expect on on this game, this uh, Davis and Edie's uh, big rematch on inside?
1: Yeah, I mean, and Matt Painter talked a lot about this in kind of his pregame comments earlier this week was basically, look, it's not going to be Purdue and IU trying to stop Trace Jackson Davis and Zach Eady. It's going to be Purdue and IU trying to stop Purdue and IU, right? Because you're not going to be able to stop everything that they do. They're going to get some points. Uh, they're going to make some passes. They're going to get their teammates open shots. They're just, those two guys are just that good. There's really nothing a defense can do. Um, to shut them down completely. So you have to kind of try to take as, take as much of the rest of the team out of the game as possible. Um, there are there are going to be some matchups where you're just going to lose and you have to tip your cap because these guys are just that good. Um, but you just have to take the rest of the team out of the game and you have to lock down as much as you can uh, in the post. We've seen some teams be able to do that against both of those guys this year. Zach Eadie struggled yes. against Northwestern, struggled against Maryland. Uh Trace Jackson Davis struggled against Michigan State uh, the other night, even though he had 19 points and seven rebounds. So there are ways to get these guys. It's just a question of being disciplined and, and making sure that they don't get you in the process.
2: Well, a couple things in that first game that I think IU uh, did pretty good and I thought maybe affected Purdue's guards, uh, uh, Fletcher Laurel, the, k- the local kid, and then uh, I, is it uh, the Smith kid, Braden Smith. Yeah, um, yeah. Those two young men, first time in the big matchup, they kind of showed their freshman side a little bit, and I think IU did a good job with, you know, putting pressure on them because in that first matchup, uh, Purdue had 16 turnovers in that game to IU's eight, and that was a pretty pretty big uh, deal in that ball game.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a huge deal. Those are two guys that had not really turned the ball over a ton to that point in the season. And IU actually kind of provided a little bit of a blueprint for how other teams have attacked Purdue since that game. And we've seen them try to struggle at times with that pressure. I would say a Lawyer probably a little bit more than Smith has struggled, but they both have had some issues in that area uh, that they're struggling, that they're trying to get cleaned up before the NCAA tournament. I think that the biggest thing for IU is that those turnovers led to offense for Indiana. It wasn't just wasted possessions for Purdue. It was, they were live ball turnovers. IU was able to get out in transition, get easy baskets. and That's how they were able to build that lead uh, in the first half of that game is Purdue was in transition defense the entire time. And that's the way to beat Purdue is to turn them over in the half court and get out and run because Purdue's half court defense is so good.
2: Yes, and and I think that's, and if you look at it from the perspective of what does Purdue have to do better? I think that right there is the key component. Because if they can get themselves, calm down with the two youngins and you know get into their offense and eliminate those turnovers, uh, they're going to be pretty tough to beat.
1: No, I think that's exactly right. and And those guys are, I'm sure they are primed and ready for this matchup. Uh, they did not feel like they played particularly well in that first game. Braden Smith, especially, said that he only had one turnover, but it was a turnover right at the end of the game that uh, helps Indiana hold on uh, for the win. And so these guys are, have heard all the criticism since then that they couldn't handle Indiana's pressure and all of that. I think they're going to come out ready for this game. Um, and the, the thing that Indiana was able to do in that game with their pressure—not only did they turn the ball, they, they, did they turn Purdue over, uh, but, they, but their pressure made it difficult for Purdue to make entry passes into Zach Eady, And that was a right. huge issue. Edie wasn't able to touch the ball as much as he would have liked. I think Purdue is going to do a better job, and Indiana is going to have to do a better job in the post against Edie in this game.
2: Yeah, and if you flip the scenario, a couple of things, you know, from the Michigan State game from IU's perspective. One, I don't necessarily think uh, Trace Jackson Davis was uh, himself, or hasn't really been himself. He looked like he was fatigued. Uh, a little behind the uh, the speed of the game that night. And, you know, uh, overall, just the wear and tear of uh, big man inside of the season is starting to add up. But the one thing that sticks out to me in this game, Indiana's bench production has to go up because that's the one thing that I think has been an Achilles heel for them for the better part of the year.
1: Yeah, I I mean, you you hit it right on the head with Trace not looking fully himself against Michigan State. I mean, it says something about the sheer production he's put up this year, the 19.7 rebounds and five assists is an off night, but that's what it was for him because he also turned the ball over seven times, and you're right, he looked a step slow. Indiana's bench just hasn't been particularly deep most of the year. We came into this season thinking this is going to be a very, very deep team that Mike Woodson is going to be able to do like the hockey line changes at times, and we just haven't seen that. We haven't seen Tamar Bates take the leap we thought he was going to. He's one for 14 in his last four games. We haven't seen uh, Jordan Geronimo become the quasi-starter um, that we thought he would be. You know, Xavier Johnson being out means that you take Trey... Not only do you take Xavier Johnson out of Indiana's lineup, but that means you take Trey Galloway off the bench and put him in the lineup. Right. So a lot of times when someone's hurt, it's not it's not the first string that suffers so much. It's the second string, because you're taking that your your best guy and putting him in the lineup. And so... Their bench is pretty thin right now, somewhat. I think it's, it's going to need to be Bates or it's going to need to be Geronimo. It's going to have to have a big game on Saturday for Indiana to win.
2: Well, Dylan, I appreciate you joining us here today on the Sports Rush, and we'll look for your coverage, as always, on the Journal-Gazette, and you can get, catch that online or buy a paper on sunday morning but you do a great job covering those both teams and safe travels over to west lafayette and then here's to having a nice back and forth ball game on saturday night
1: absolutely shannon thanks for having me on i appreciate it and uh thank you uh thank you for having me
2: on yeah that's dylan sin from the journal gazette here on the sports rush we're going to step aside here for a second we'll be right back on 1380 the fan 100.9 fm Taking you into the weekend here on the Sports Rush, Comets had a tough loss the other day to the Stingrays 3-1, to but really played pretty well for the most part until that late penalty that gave the Stingrays a power play and a goal, and tonight the case play the Savannah Ghost Pirates, newest team in the ECHL, and the affiliate of the Henderson Golden Knights, as well as the Las Vegas Golden Knights as tonight starts a two-game series in Savannah and we're hoping to get coach Ben Boudreau on here in a second but one of the big things before tonight's game is uh, is that the Comets are starting with 24 games left in the season and it is a uh, time of year when we are getting ready to move our mindset to the playoffs. And I believe we do have coach Ben Boudreaux joining us. Ben, are you there? Shannon.
0: Hey, how are
2: you? <laughs> All right. Well, Hey, it's a beautiful day here in Fort Wayne, but I'm sure it's a nice sunny day down there in Savannah. And, uh, hope you guys are having, enjoying that warm weather. If that's the case.
0: Well, you know, uh, nobody's going to complain about the weather. It's nice and warm. Um, <laughs> You know, but uh, I'll tell you this: it's been tough ice conditions here over the last few days. So uh, they got a new rink here in Savannah, and it looks like they know what they're doing. So we're looking forward to a good game tonight.
2: Yeah, that's a brand new arena that they just built, and a, a pretty nice one too, from I from what I've seen in terms of video and you know just regular pictures of it. They really did a nice job with it. And I know the other day up in up at uh, in South Carolina, that was the issue prior to the start of the third period, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I've never seen, uh, I mean, the ice was melting during the second period, and I'm not sure what was going on. It was so warm and hot that they were, uh, considering canceling the game, but they did the dry scrape. We found a way, uh, you know, got a, took a selfish penalty, ended up shooting ourselves in the foot, and it cost us with a minute to go on Wednesday. So we're, uh, you know, we're on the road, and we're looking to rebound here on a Friday night, start the weekend off on a good note. Yeah,
2: and, you know, from a, observation of mine, I thought that you guys played really well for, you know, 75, 85% of that game the other night. Ryan, uh, Fanti stood on his head, uh, and made some fantastic saves as did both goaltenders. But, uh, unfortunately, like you said, you get that penalty late and you give too many chances to the leading power play unit in the ECHL. They are eventually going to find the back of the net.
0: Yeah, that's what we talked about. You know, we're playing with fire and, uh, you know this this one ended up costing us. Where I think we've been in games before where we didn't really uh, learn a lesson when we came out with the victory, but this one uh, definitely caught up to us. So discipline uh, is going to be key for us. And I mean, you know, taking penalties that are that are hard uh, penalties you can live with as a part of the game, but you know, uh, something where we can control our own actions, especially in a tied game with two minutes to go. I mean, that's uh, you know, that's. Uh, just something that we can't tolerate here. So send them a, a message here with the lineup change, and uh, hopefully it ends up working out in our favor.
2: Well, that game's behind us, like we say in coaching. You look forward to the next one, which is tonight. And, you know, the Savannah uh, Ghost Pirates are a new team in the league, but they've got some talent on their roster, even though their overall win-loss record might not show that. What uh what are some things now that you're going to see from this team as opposed to the team that you guys opened up with uh way back in what October?
0: Yeah, they're uh they're a def- they're a different team but they've got some familiar faces in there and um you know they've got a pretty good coach that keeps them structured. So, you know, if we play our game, we should be able to come out on top and that's going to be a- an aggressive in your style uh face approach and uh, a lot of traffic in front of the net and if we allow them time and space to make plays, if we don't have that jump, if we don't get off to a good start, then, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be difficult for us. So finding a good period start, a good jump, and setting the tone for the weekend is going to be priority for us.
2: Yeah, and we're getting to that point of the year now where I guess you'd call it a sense of urgency in the mindset of, uh, of coaches and players as we get ready for the, the playoffs because you want to, one, secure a spot. And number two, get as many points as you can in hopes of moving up the uh, the standings because every game counts. And if you can somehow, some way, sneak up to uh, that third seed or even a second seed, uh, it makes a huge difference.
0: Absolutely, we got some big games coming up inside the division. But these are ones are you're, you're going to want to have. These are some of the games that you have in hand on the other teams in the division, and you want to keep pace. I think there's. Uh... Uh, some really good competition, and at the end of the day, we want to find ourselves in the playoffs, no matter what. But you also want to uh, fight for uh, home ice advantage there too. So, um, you know, with the 20 some odd games are, remaining here, we got to make sure that we're not uh, wasting any. So, a good start is going to be paramount to our success here.
2: Now, tonight, I I, I believe that uh, that Darian Kel got called back up to Bakersfield. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's gone.
2: Yeah, okay. Well, I know he came down for one game, and I know I saw that uh, I think there was an injury, too, a defenseman, and somebody got called up or whatever, like the Dominoes always tend to fall in hockey. But um, right now, talk a little bit about the play of Ryan Fanti.
0: Oh, he's been great. You know, he's been great, uh, especially as of late. And when you look at everything, we had a really rough start to the season. Our defensive play was nowhere where we needed it to be. And, you know, Ryan Fanti was a guy that succumbed to some of that uh, you know, early, early struggles, but as of late, especially when you look at every single game since December 9th, I think we're the fifth hottest team in the league and, uh, you know, had a pretty good record from there. And he's been a big part of it, you know, from, uh, from the defensive end from us. And, and he's had a ton of games lately playing, you know, two of three, three of three, three of four, mm-hmm. um, we're relying on him to, to do the workload. So. Uh, for us, he's a guy that we can trust right now. He's a great teammate. He's a great pro, and, and he's still finding his stride in his first professional season. So he's somebody that we're going to look forward to uh, playing here.
2: Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my observation of him of late, he's been pretty decent with rebound control. Um, that's yeah. helped helped out a lot as well uh, in terms of defending the zone and, and, and giving the D-man a chance to either take the Take a player away from him or get in a spot where he can get it out to him and get the play moving.
0: Yeah, and he's one of the best puck moving goalies I've, I've ever had the pleasure of coaching. So, um, you know, that's something that we really use to our advantage too. Uh, so if he can get out and play the puck for us, it's going to be a big help.
2: Now, after tonight, or after this two game set with um, Savannah, you head on up to Atlanta and haven't played them for a few years, and that will be a tough. Ball- Tough game as well, but as you head into these last three games here, what are you? I mean, what is your objective outside of getting the four uh, six points that are available? What are you what? looking looking for over these next few games? Is like I said, the sense of urgency. You only got twenty four games left. The mindset of the players going into these last uh, four, uh, quarter of the season.
0: You know, well, the one thing you want to establish is an identity, and, and that means uh, being consistent to, to play against. You know, and uh, we've had some games where we've just been spectacular, and we've had games where the drop-off has, has been, you know, real big, you know, from one end to the other end of the spectrum. And you could say the same thing in periods. I mean, you know, we you could, you know, spot a team mm-hmm. 4 nothing and then find a way to make it a one-goal lead after scoring five and looking like the best team So. You know, for us, just being consistent in the way we play and stop with these big, uh, you know, drops of momentum, you know, from the high to the low. So uh, I would say, you know, not only through this weekend, but through the end of the season, we we have to establish an identity of the way we play a consistent game.
2: Well, go get those two points that are out there tonight, and then hopefully we'll get points four and six as we finish up the weekend and head back home to the Fort Wayne. Ben, I really appreciate you joining us here for – uh this afternoon because i know that uh, you've got other things prepared for tonight as you get ready to take on the ghost pirates at 7 thir- 30 here on eleven
0: ninety WO. yeah no i'm looking forward to it i got some buddies texting me uh, shout out to brad there that i know is excited he's going to be listening to the radio so uh, hopefully we put on a good show for the the boys and girls back home
2: well you uh, i tell you what i'm gonna have it on my big screen TV and the wife will eventually be there watching, kicking and screaming. But uh, she's becoming a fan more so than I thought she would over the last few weeks because she's really got into Comet hockey. So she's a late bloomer. But, hey, good luck tonight, Ben, and to the boys, and uh, have a good weekend uh, out on the road.
0: Thanks so much. I appreciate it, Shannon.
2: That's Ben Boudreaux, the head coach of the Fort Wayne Comets. We're going to step aside here, come back in a few minutes. This is the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush Friday edition as we take you home for the weekend. Talk about some of the big games that are upon us tonight in high school basketball. One of them being right here on 1380 The Fan. You have the Homestead Spartans. Traveling to Norwell to take on the Knights at 7.30. And the Knights, I believe, are 19-3 and 3 on the year. Um, and they're having a successful season in basketball. And uh, both teams are pretty much primed and ready to go get themselves involved in the IHSA State Basketball Tournament, which starts next Tuesday night. All the festivities right here on 1380 The Fan. Adam, I think you're going to end up doing the... Show tonight?
3: Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm gonna be doing the uh, Parkview Sports Medicine post game show after the game. It'll be live at the Waynedale Pizza Hut, and I'll be joined by Eric uh, dukevich and that should be coming on at about nine o'clock, yeah. nine thirty. Just depends on when our uh, when our game ends, and we'll have all the area scores, and we'll have uh, all the highlights of tonight's game of the week. We'll have. Uh, We'll have uh, some area coaches, hopefully, on the show mm-hmm. tonight, calling in and talking about their their wins or their team tonight. So it's uh, it's always a fun night, and uh, we always invite anybody who wants to uh, come and join us live and uh, see the show, the post-game show live. We're going to be at the Waynedale Pizza nice Hut tonight. That's a nice pizza hut. It's a really nice, nice brand-new brand pizza hut, one of the newer ones there. It's uh, nice, fresh, and clean, and uh, we always invite you to come out and uh, enjoy some pizza, some breadsticks, all that good stuff, and... Uh,
2: Say hello and listen to the show. You and Duke will have all that in front of you tonight. I believe the other big one is Carol's at Warsaw.
3: You are correct. Carol will be taking on Warsaw tonight at uh, 745.
2: That's another big game in the area. And, uh, you know, all the games right now are just uh, finishing up the regular season as they start to head towards the tourney which starts on tuesday and i know homestead will be playing up in columbia city at that tourney and then carol is the host of a tourney as well and i don't i saw this on uh, twitter this afternoon brock shot from leo really good football player picked up an offer from the university of wisconsin and i was not surprised one bit Uh, the young man has a lot of ability and talent but you can't coach size and strength because he has both of those. <laughs>
3: they like those big guys up there at Wisconsin, don't well, they?
2: you know, New staff, Luke Fickle coming up from Cincinnati, which I would assume they probably had his eye on him there. Um, this will probably open the door as well for other Big Ten teams or other Power Five schools to jump into it. And right now, for the early offer period in the Fort Wayne area, we've had several kids pick up some big offers to the big big schools. So looking ahead gonna be a really good football season with talent in the area and uh, can't wait to get that started come August and uh, we' we'll, we'll enjoy the ride there first let's get through let's get through the spring period and a little bit of the summer before we turn our turn our eyes towards the uh, the fall football season but you can never be too fired up for football that's all I can say and I, I have you watched any of the XFL games?
3: Ooh, I'll tell you what i uh, I turned on one game and I kind of had it on in the background yeah. but I, I I haven't sat down and watched the product yet this year
2: um it's it's football so i of course I enjoy it and all but it's really hard to get into it especially they started their season like a week after the Super Bowl uh, and you know everything there but then the college college will come onto the scene shortly here with all the spring football because they start in March but Uh, We'll have some updates as that as we go along and uh, see where some of these will take us. But congratulations to Brock and his offer from Wisconsin. Good first hour today. Appreciate those that come on, Ben Boudreau and Dylan Sin. But don't turn that dial. We're coming back with a second hour of the Sports Rush right here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM.